Well, guys, this series is, uh, is, is really birthed out of a prayer. I've been saying that. We've got this week and one more week, and uh, that'll be six weeks talking about this stuff. But it's really important. Uh, these things need to become part of our DNA. And so uh, the prayer we're praying between now and when we open our doors uh, is this. And we're asking that the Lord would provide 100 people, $100,000 in roughly 100 days. Now, that 100 days, I would love to say, like, hey, we're already 30 days into that. We only got 60 left. Or I'd love to tell you we're 30 out. Or Like, I have no clue, y'all. Uh, we, we don't have power yet. We're hoping that gets set this week. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to tell you what Easter looks like as Easter gets closer. Okay? That's where we are. We're holding everything light-handed. So, um, but, but join us in that prayer. When you think about the church, pray this prayer. Um, that's, that's our hope. God will provide. He's our provider. So uh, it was birthed out of a prayer, but it was based on this quote, um, which people thought was attributed to St. Francis. Not so much. He didn't say this. Uh, but the quote is this. Share the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. And we like that because it makes us comfortable because we don't like to talk to people. All right? We definitely don't like to talk to people about Jesus because we feel like we don't know enough, we don't have enough, uh, that we're going to be rejected, and so, so we just don't do it. The problem is, uh, as we've studied here for the last four weeks, our words are necessary. Right? They're necessary because Jesus commanded us to use them. He said, go and make disciples and teach them. So we're commanded to do it. Um, they're necessary because that's how people come to faith. Right? Faith comes by hearing. In fact, Scripture says, if they don't hear, how will they believe? Somebody's got to tell them. Guess what? You're the somebody. That's what the Bible says. And so we've got to do that. And, it, and our words are necessary because the need, y'all, in the United States of America alone, there are over 100 million unchurched people in our nation. That's ridiculous. And we, as American Christians, think about, well, we've got to go across the globe, and we've got to share the gospel. Yeah, that's great, but I would love it if you just go across your street, right? And so, so that's what we're talking about, is the importance of this. And so along the way, we've talked about uh, the fact that if, if we've experienced the love of Jesus, we all have a testimony. We've talked about the little things in life, that sometimes we think it's the big stuff. Sometimes it's just noticing and listening, and being there, and serving. And, and we talked, what are the little things you could do better? And then last week, we talked about the fact that we, we, can't, we can't exclude the difficult people. Jesus didn't, right? So we, we got to stop that, that whole toxic people, cut them out. And we, we talked about what really toxic people are. We talked about abuse and, and how you never need to put up with that. You need to get help. You need to get out. But then we just said, like, difficult people? Guess what? We're all difficult. And that's the call. Is, is we've got to reach difficult people. Sometimes they need Jesus the most. And that's where we were last week. So this morning, I've got three more things to share with you. Um, and, and here's the first, guys. I want you to know that God puts people in our path on purpose. All right? God puts people in our path on purpose. That's what he does. He, he does it all the time. He puts people in our path on, on purpose, Psalm 37, 23 says, A person's steps are established by the Lord. They're laid out by the Lord. And he takes pleasure in his way. That God's in all of it, right? And, and so again, I'm going to say it again. Listen, God puts people in our path on purpose. And, and I want to prove it to you. Uh, and, and I'm going to do that by pointing out a couple of different passages. How's that for peace? Did y'all count them? There were a lot in there. There are a lot in there. And I'm going to start in Acts chapter 3. Uh, one of my favorite stories, guys. I'm in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1 and read through 10, and then, then we'll skip a little bit. Uh, but, but here's what it says. It says, Now Peter and John um, were going up to the temple for a time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A, a man who was lame from birth was being carried there. He was placed each day at the temple gate called Beautiful so that he could beg from those entering the temple. 
When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for money. Peter, along with John, looked straight at him and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now, this guy was lame from birth, y'all. Okay? Taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and his ankles became strong. So he jumped up and down, and he started to dance and walk around. That's crazy nuts. Dude has never walked. Did any of you start walking that way? Right? I mean, your parents would have freaked out. I remember the pull-up phase, and I was like, oh gosh, we have to change our entire life. They're going to get into everything we possess. And then there's the climbing phase. Some of you have kids in that phase. Right now, I, I, I was looking at the Starks. They were talking about how one of them was standing on a table, right? And, and just, like, they'll use anything as a ladder, right? Just imagine that those little dudes out of nowhere went from goo-goo-ga-ga to jumping and dancing. You'd, you'd lose it. But this guy here, he's, he's like 40. He, he's an adult. He's been carried around his whole life. He's begging for money. Peter looks at him and says, man, I don't have silver or gold. What I have freely in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And, and all of a sudden, his ankles are strengthened, his legs are normal, and he possesses the knowledge of how to dance. Right? Some of you Baptists, I love you, you still don't know how to dance. Right? Just, it's crazy. So he jumped up, started to walk, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. I think he was doing that whole ankle click, clink. You know what I mean? We're jumping up. I'm not going to do it. I can, but I'm not going to do it. All the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized that he was the one who used to sit, beg at the beautiful gate of the temple. So they were filled with awe and astonishment at what happened to him. This leads to Peter now, because they're all flocking to him like, Oh my gosh, that was the guy. What happened? So Peter preaches his second sermon. Preaches his second sermon. Okay, here's how the second sermon ends. Uh, now I'm in chapter 4, verse 1. While they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, uh, police, and the Sadducees confronted them because they were annoyed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming uh, in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized them and took them into custody until the next day. So the, the second sermon ends with being arrested at church. Alright? If you ain't been arrested at church, you're doing something wrong. Alright? But many of those who heard the message and believed, uh, the number of men came to about 5,000. So, so that's the first passage I want to take you to. Here's the second. It's in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 3, which seems weird because your Bible has these little uh, like, like paragraph headings that aren't really there. But anyway, so it's going to seem like it's a different section. It's not a different section. It's all the same thing. I'm going to start in verse 3. It says, Saul, however, was ravaging the church... Um, he would enter house after house, drag off men and women, you've got to include children in that, and he would put them in prison. So this is, this is Saul before he becomes Paul, before he has that experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's persecuting the church, and so the church is going to flee. Church begins in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. 120 people were waiting for the Holy Spirit because Jesus told them to. Uh, Holy Spirit comes down like fire. They speak in tongues. People hear from their native languages. It wasn't some weird made-up language. It was from the area in in the dialect that they knew. They're like, hey, they're all from Galilee. What's going on? And, and this must be the Lord. Some people think they're drunk. Peter's like, we're not drunk. Preaches his first sermon. Okay, 3,000 people get saved. So that's, that's kind of where it began. And now Saul is mad. 
Right? So Saul is mad. At this point, Stephen has already been stoned. He was one of the deacons. He's been put to death. Saul was holding coats. Now Saul is empowered. He wants to kill everybody. He wants to take these Christians and, 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 and throw them off of bridges and drown them and run poles through them, right? I mean, th- this is what he's about. And so it says Saul uh, was ravaging the church. He'd enter house after house, drag off men. So people fled. Uh, verse 4. So those uh, who were scattered, they went on their way. Okay, now I don't know what you think about when you, you think about running for your life. Maybe you're one of those people, uh, God bless you, uh, you're that planner, and you have a go bag. I'm not going to ask who has a go bag. You have a go bag, God bless you. If, if something happens to us, it's going to take us a while to get out the house, right? Your family probably going to make it, mine may not. It's okay, we all know Jesus, so we're gonna, it's, it'll be fine. But you may have a go bag, I'm not that family. But, but most people, if you think about running for your life, you're just gone. But I want you to see how the early Christians ran for their life, right? So so, so those were scattered. They went on their way, running for their life. And look at it. What were they doing? Preaching the Word. So, So the thing that got them in trouble, that they're fleeing from, now they're running. But as they're running, they're like, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard about Jesus? Can I tell you about Jesus? I want to tell you about Jesus. And like, it's crazy, y'all, how seriously they took the command of Jesus, the great together mission of God commission, how, how crazy, how serious they took it. So Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. The crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said, and they listened, and they saw the signs that he was per- performing for unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. What eventually happens is this church grows so quickly in Samaria that uh, the disciples in Jerusalem were like, uh, wait a second, hold on, why, why are the Samaritans now have a church? What's that about? So they go to check it out, right? So Philip, Philip, I like to say, starts the first mega megachurch uh, amongst the Gentiles. He does in Samaria. It's crazy. It's crazy. So they go to check it out. Now, Uh, Skip over to verse 26 with me. This is the only way we can get through. Otherwise, we're going to read three chapters. Um, An angel of the Lord speaks to Philip, says to Philip, get up and go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Uh, This is the desert road because it is deserted. Gaza is no longer a city. had been destroyed long ago. So he got up and he went. There was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem, and he was sitting in his chariot on his way home, reading the prophet Isaiah aloud, right? The spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Go and join the chariot. When Philip ran up to it, he's running. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you're reading? Okay? I don't know how you read the text. This is how I'm reading it, right? And so this is what happened. So he literally, it says, how can I understand it? He says, unless someone explains it to me. Our words are necessary, right? Our words are, he's still running, by the way. Okay? So he invited Philip to come up with him. So Philip, you talk about evangelism. You're like, I don't want to go talk to my neighbor. How about running by their car while they're listening to Caleb? Do you understand what you're listening to? I mean, that's Philip. He's running. And so the guy's like, no, I don't. Come on up. 
Now the scripture passage that he was reading was this, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb is silent before its shear, so he doesn't open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who will describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about himself or someone else? Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that very scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water, and he baptized him. When they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Whew. Both of these passages, both of these stories, emphasize our first point. God puts people in our path on purpose. And there's a church term for that, we call it a divine appointment. And so I, I put this in your notes so you didn't have to scribble it all down. I didn't want you to miss anything. It's there for you to take away, think about, pray about. But here's what a divine appointment is. A divine appointment is a meeting with another person or persons that God has specifically and unmistakably arranged. Right? That's what happened with Peter and John on the way to the temple to pray. That's what happened with Philip when the Holy Spirit said, hey, leave your thriving ministry and go to the middle of nowhere. God knew what he was going to do because he orders our steps. There was divine appointments. And so that's the first thing, guys. I want you to know that God puts people in our path on, point, uh, on, on purpose, these divine appointments. Second thing, guys, divine appointments usually in Scripture seem to involve these two things. Ready? Prayer and obedience. Divine appointments, right, seeing, seeing them lived out, usually involve these two things, prayer and obedience. So I, I want to start with, with Philip. This is what it says, Acts 26 through 27. It says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, get up, go south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, angel of the Lord, you guys can, can say whatever you want. You can be like, nope, that is an angel. It's absolutely an angel. Uh, I, like, I'm, I'm going to say, it, it, this to me seems like prayer. Uh, and so this is a new believer, just received the Holy Spirit. Who's to say he didn't think the Holy Spirit speaking to him sounded like an angel? But later, I know he's talking to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit tells him to go to the chariot, right? So I'm going to tell you either way there's prayer involved, okay? But not only is there prayer involved, there's an obedience involved too because the, what the angel says and then what the Spirit speaks to him is all out of the comfort zone kind of stuff. He says, man, listen, I want you to leave your thriving ministry. You've started this amazing church. I want you to leave it. He's like, what? What? You got something better for me? You got something bigger for me? That's how we think, right, American Christians? And so he's like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, yes, ready? Here it is. Go out in the middle of nowhere on a road and wait. That's it. Wait, wait, wait. To Gaza? Like, God, Gaza's not even a town anymore. It's desolation. A ain't nobody going that way. Nobody goes to Gaza. It's like, just go to this road that leads to nowhere and just wait. And that's what he does. Prayer and obedience. Same thing with Peter and John, right? So it says in, in Acts 3.1, Now Peter and John are going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Uh, that's prayer and obedience all together, right? Uh, there, there was, remember, Jewish, so the times of prayer. Um, they're they're going to pray morning, afternoon, evening. So going up. And, and it's, it's time to pray, and what are they doing? They're, they're being obedient to it. They're going to go pray. They're going to go pray in the temple. 
They're going to pray to God. They're going to witness. They'll be witnesses for Jesus. And they're on their way and doing that when they have this amazing encounter with this guy that's crippled since birth. So divine appointments usually involve prayer and obedience. Last thing. I want you to understand that our faithfulness to trust God and to lovingly speak, that's using our words, words are necessary. Our faithfulness to trust God and to lovingly speak truth in these situations can lead to astonishing results. Okay? Our faithfulness to trust God and to lovingly speak truth in these situations can lead to astonishing results. So I'm going to start with Philip. Here's what church tradition says about the Ethiopian eunuch. Ready? He returns to Ethiopia, and there he founds the first Christian church. That guy. That guy. You've been to Ethiopia. John's been to Ethiopia. Thriving Christian community. Love Jesus, right? I mean, you'd go to one of their church services and be like, man, they know how to worship, right? And, and, and you'd be like, what? what where, where does it begin? Church tradition says it begins with this guy right here. With this divine appointment, an entire church in a nation is born. How, with one divine appointment. With one person that listened to God, that obeyed, that did what God said, and then when, when the opportunity came, he saw it as God moving. God put this person in my path on purpose, and he faithfully spoke to him what he knew about Jesus. And an entire nation now has access to the Lord because of that one moment. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Now what about, what about Peter and John? What about, what about their faithfulness? It, it, here's, here's the result. Remember, so they heal, heal the man in Jesus' name. We don't have silver or gold. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Guy jumps up, starts dancing. They're going to the temple to pray. He goes into the temple. Uh, I don't know how you come into church, but I'm waiting for it. All right? I'm looking for you next Sunday. I want to see some dancing on the way in. Right? It can be disco. I don't care. I mean, jumping, clicking the heels, whatever you got to do. Right? But this guy is, is going to the temple and everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's him. What's up? What's wrong? First of all, they're like, why is the guy dancing? We're going to pray. Maybe you're not excited about prayer. This guy was. Because he, he, he never had access to the temple. Time to pray. First time he gets to go pray in the house of the Lord. Right? He is pumped. And the crowds come. And so Peter preaches. They get arrested. But look at the result in verse 4. Acts 4, 4. But many of those who heard the message believed. And the number of men came to about 5,000. Remember, first, first sermon, 3,000 are saved. So here's the result of this one divine appointment. 2,000 souls are saved. One divine appointment. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. And what if I submit to you that God's not done with divine appointments? What would you say to that? God's not done with divine appointments. So what, what, what do we need to do? I want to remind you of the goal. The goal of our church moving forward. Now listen, this may not have been the way we always were. Maybe, maybe, maybe at some point we became a church uh, that paid pastors to do all the evangelizing. Right? Well, that's what we pay you for. May, may, I, I don't know. That ain't where we are anymore. Okay? So... From the, from, well, when we started and moving back, like, from everything forward, Kai, our goal here is that every member is a missionary. Okay? Not just a minister. Okay? Yeah, we expect you to do ministry. Every member is a missionary for all those people that God puts in your path. It's you. It's you. God's going to use you. We believe it. 
God's going to use you. So what do you need to do because of this message about Philip and Peter and John? This thing called, uh, these things called divine appointments. What do you need to do this week? I'm going to give you three things. I'll let you go, okay? Number one, you need to pray for them. Prayer and obedience. This is when you study scripture, you see, God, it's prayer and obedience. These two things matter. So number one, pray for divine appointments. Okay, what does Jesus say? You do not have, because you don't ask. Right? Lord, listen, big prayers, right? Make, make the nations my inheritance. That's a big prayer. How about make the neighbors my inheritance? Lord, may my neighbors come to know you. Just, just my, you could start with the person to literally my physical neighbors. There's a house on the left, there's a house on the right, there's three across the street. I want those five people to know you, Lord. Start there! Five people, you got five fingers on your hand. Not hard to remember who to pray for. Okay? Five. We're asking you to do seven because there's seven days a week. I'd be happy with five, I'd take it. If our whole church did five sevens, man, we'd be killing it. Right? So, pray. God, Put somebody in my path today that I can share your love with. Somebody in my path today. You pray that prayer. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. He, he will. You don't have because you don't ask. But here's the next thing. It is also a hurdle, y'all. I know some people be like, I've been praying for divine appointments and nothing's happened. Be like, well, have you been praying for discernment? What? I bet you've had divine appointments and you've blown through them. Right? So, so the second thing, you pray for divine appointments. The second thing you have to do is pray for discernment. Okay? Discernment is the ability to see that it is, in fact, a divine appointment from God. Right? So it, it's the ability to see God has put this person in my life for a reason. Okay? So I'm praying, dear God, please put somebody in my path on purpose today. Let me have an encounter with somebody. And then somebody at a stop sign asks you for money. Or somebody in the grocery store says, I'm sorry, can you help me? Or your neighbor says, can I borrow some sugar? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But something happens in that day. And, and, and we got to have the discernment. we got to be, so it's not just, Lord, let me have, like put somebody in my path, but then God help me see that this is from you. Okay, so discernment is important, which is the last thing. Last thing I'm going to challenge you to do. By the way, these three things are homework. All right? So the last part is then make the most of that opportunity. So make the most of that opportunity. And I'm, I'm going to give you some, some help, a little extra help, okay? How we can make the most of the opportunity. Number one, don't miss it. <laughs> don't miss it, okay? Number one reason that uh, I think we as Christians don't experience divine appointments uh, is because we miss them. We miss them. And if you want my humble opinion, this is opinion. I can't just back it up with Scripture, although I think I probably could make a strong case, okay? But I, I can't, you can't turn to Jason 1-1 to find this, okay? Uh, but, so humble opinion based on Scripture, I, I, I think typically we miss them because we're focused on us, okay? Because we're, we're caught up in us. That's why Jesus says, hey, don't worry about your life and what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear because we're kind of self-centered, okay? So, so listen, focus on us. So I'm going to give you, I thought about it, I like, I like memorable things. Anybody else like memorable things? Are they a help to you? So I want to give you a memorable phrase to help you slow down and see divine appointments. Are you ready? Because you've got to see them. So we're praying for them. We want discernment. So here's a memorable phrase. Write this down somewhere. Here it is. This is for you. Worry and hurry 
make your spiritual sight blurry. <laughs> they just do. Right? Worry and hurry make our spiritual sight blurry. They just do. And so we're, God, give me a divine appointment. And, and God, put somebody in your path. And then this is you. Oh my gosh, I got, I got to do this. I got to do this. All these things are so important. And we're running around like crazy people. Oh my gosh, are we going to have enough to do this? Or how are we going to do that? Or blah, blah, blah. And so literally, God put somebody right in your path. And this is you. Somebody in your path, supposed to have a divine appointment. The whole kingdom could be shifted in this one moment. And you're like, I don't know what we're going to eat. I don't know if we have enough. I don't know how we're going to do that. How are we going to get so-and-so to soccer practice when so-and-so has to go to football practice. And I don't, I, and we just never even see it. Because worry and hurry make our spiritual eyesight blurry. They just do. And so if you're praying for divine appointments, you also got to ask God to slow down your mind and your heart so that you can see it. All right? So don't miss it. Number two, be prepared. And be prepared. 1 Peter 3.5 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Just always be prepared. And guys, I'm not talking about, um, Hi, sir, I, I believe the Lord has put us together this very moment. Let me show you. Beginning in Genesis 1.1, God made the heavens and the earth. Right? Now, there was nothing. He spoke out of nothing, and the whole world was created. Uh, but then God wanted uh, somebody to be with. And so, so he, he made a sandcastle. Literally, he made somebody out of dust. And, and he breathed into him the breath of life. And, and he, he, there was male. But male looked around. Man looked around, and, and there was no suitable helper for him to be found. Like, you don't have to start in Genesis. I mean, you can. God bless you. If they're in for it, Go. Right? Go. Walk them through Isaiah. Explain every prophecy. Go. If they're there. Like, if you, if you are, listen, if you're running by a car down your street, and they're listening to Genesis 1-1, you can run up and be like, do you understand what you're listening to? That's fine. But most of the time, being prepared is just having your story. And here's how God changed me. This is my testimony. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm, I'm still a sinner saved by grace. Anybody else? Is that your testimony? Right? Like to, to the watching world, I am still a complete mess on a daily. But if you see anything different in me, his name is Jesus. That's it. That's the story. Right? And then we just begin. And so, man, don't miss it. Be prepared. And then here's the last one. It, and it, it counts in our world. Ready? You've got to be willing to stop and invest the time. Okay? Um. Divine appointments don't happen on your schedule. They're appointments, but they're on God's calendar, not yours. All right? So I'm just going to tell you right now, they will totally jack up what you want to do for the day. Okay? But here's the cool thing. Most of us and what we want to accomplish each day has nothing to do with the kingdom. I, 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 now, does anybody want to stand up and say, Pastor, that's not right. My whole life is scheduled around the kingdom. Anybody? I'll take the objection. No. It's quiet. It's like crickets in here. So you're like me. And most of my to-do list has to do with just stuff. And divine appointments interrupt our stuff. But God's stuff, oh, so much better. When we make God's appointments, 
a priority over ours, entire nations are changed. Hello? When we make God's appointments priority over ours, we, we can watch entire families be transformed. And entire futures change. Isn't that awesome? So we got to be about these divine appointments, all right? Every member a minister. Okay. I don't know about you, but I need help. Right? I can tell you, Monday's going to come, and this is what I do on Monday. I'm going to sit down and think of all the things I need to do this week. And then I'm only going to get like half of them done. And so I'll be stressed next Monday about all the stuff I didn't get done. So I'm, it's coming, I know it. It's coming for you too. Some of you have been without power for like a week. Your laundry, I can't even imagine. Right? If you have children, they put on every garment they owned in four days. They did. And then they went out and played in it. And they came back inside and they had to put on more garments. They're wearing your stuff. There's n- they're not, like you got here with the last clean pair of underwear you had. God bless you. I get it. I get it. And so you're going to want to catch up on that laundry. But God might have something else in store. And you've got to be willing to set aside the stuff that doesn't matter to have the conversations that do. All right? Can I pray for us in that this morning? I'd love to do that. Father, um, God, you are so good to us. And we ask collectively that you would put people in each of our paths this week. And God, that you would give us the spiritual eyes to see what's going on. And that we might invest the time we need to invest in others' lives. That your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.